and welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am the CEO and founder of J Intel, a nonprofit organization that bridges the gap between faith-based and therapeutic resources. Being an overcomer, visionary, and God's creation, I empower women with their emotional wellness and intimacy with God to live abundantly. In this podcast series, we reveal that our wellness is not just physical health, but includes mental and spiritual health. True health and well-being include all three aspects. We transform our lives when we care for our mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back, ladies to our very special episode. Yes, this month is not over just yet. So I said, let's talk some more. And you know how I like to talk. Last year, someone asked me to sit down and talk about faith on their podcast. Not just faith, but faith in mental health. Can you believe it? A topic that is right up my alley. So today you have the opportunity to listen to our wonderful conversation. We will play it after our commercial. But before we get on into that commercial, I'm going to say, please tell your family and friends about us, as well as subscribe to our channel wherever you're listening to podcasts. Lastly, now after our commercial, you will hear a new intro but do not get confused and turn us off. Don't do it. Stay and listen to someone interviewing me for a change. Want support and guidance on your personal growth and development? Then pick up our personal growth and development workbook, authored by a Christian counselor and our J Intel founder, Kimir Baker. The workbook provides a practical approach for emotional wellness by providing insights and prompts for journaling as well as prayer. This approach reveals the power of self-reflection and self-discovery while mending emotional wounds with the help of our Father. Pick up your 10 weeks of daily encouragement and practice transformation. Go to ahealingpeace.com forward slash store to purchase your copy. everyone, this is your host, Dr. Tommy Mitchell from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Kamir Baker. She is the CEO and founder of J Intelligence Network and the recipient of Masters of Theological Studies from Regent University in 2016. She empowers women in their emotional wellness and intimacy with God to live life abundantly. She endured a traumatic childhood, which placed her on her healing journey. Due to her life experiences, she understands the importance of having a great support team and tools to heal. Therefore, she founded the nonprofit organization, J Intelligence Network, where the mission is to use space and therapeutic tools to empower women in their emotional health and wellness. These tools educate, connect, and transform them to the wonderful life that God provides. 
lives. You can learn more about Kamir and her life experiences by listening to a Healing Peace podcast, which is at healingpeace.com, where she moderates and invites licensed therapists, social workers, life coaches, and those who overcome life hurdles join the show. Kamir, thank you so much for sharing in your vulnerability. So if you'd like to introduce yourself to the audience... Hello, everyone. As Tommy has done so well with saying my bio, I'm Demir Baker, and I'm excited about the conversation that we're going to have today just to encourage everyone in terms of their emotional wellness. I know, especially now with COVID, it is causing us to think a little bit differently how we view ourselves and how we manage our emotional wellness and our spirituality as well. So thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. You know, one of the parts of the wellness wheel, which I talk about frequently on the show and other publications, is spiritual wellness. And, you know, it's a part of wellness that sometimes gets ignored because people don't like talk about religion or faith very often. But in this podcast, we're free to talk as we choose. Why do you think spiritual wellness is important? I do come from a faith-based background, Christianity. And I know in my own journey, when I was going through and learning more about my healing journey and who I am as a woman, as a God's daughter, it was difficult initially to associate uh, wellness tools, therapy tools with Christianity, because usually the limitation is, well, just pray through. And I learned in my journey that not only am I, do I need to pray through, But there's things about who I am where I need to kind of get a little bit deeper to figure out how can I walk through this journey and be healthy and happy. But on the flip side of that as well, one of the things that I've learned is that spirituality completes the journey. I can have all the tools that I need, but having faith and, and having that connection with God is what solidifies those tools and allow it to be long-term versus, okay, I've been three months and I haven't done X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, oh, well, it's been a year and I haven't done X, Y, and Z or 10 years because I haven't done X, Y, and Z. And that's because of leaning into him and allowing him to provide the strength that I need to get through this journey and deal with who I am as individual. So they go together and they're very needed. Yeah, that's very good. And I can also relate um, similarly as I'm from a Christian faith background. And for even for those who aren't, just the belief in the higher power, belief that you are here for a reason, a purpose is so important. And, you know, for me, when life was falling apart and I went through challenging situations and that faith that everything is going to be okay, that somebody has my back that's looking out for me was the glue that kept me together from totally unraveled when life go when stuff happens when life goes through you 
Exactly. And that's one of the things I do appreciate about Christian faith is when we're examining God's work, not at the lens of preaching it or something like that, but the lens of God's love, at the lens of being created in Him, at the lens of Him wanting a better life for us. That's the hope that inspires and keeps me going because I know in His Word that I have something to go to where it's not of myself, but it can feed into myself to replace those things that I'm experiencing in that moment. Yes, that's powerful. So how specifically in your life and the life of your clients has your faith really influenced your mental health? Well, as I stated before, they kind of go together. And I think for me, once I got to the place where I realized spirituality can be a benefit versus me thinking, oh, I'm not good enough or me thinking, oh, I'm a sinner. Um, Once I got past that judgment phase and again, went to the truth and, and went to my identity in him, it really did open up my eyes and help me to say, okay, these are the issues that you have and it's safe to address those issues because I felt supported and uh, the words gave me something more of myself that wasn't there naturally. And so that helped in tune me with Khmer. You know, today you can't be going around cussing at people. <laughs> you can't be going around popping off because you're just having a bad day. <laughs> so it kind Kind of helped me to get back to a place of, well, let me evaluate why am I yelling at people all the time? Why do I have these anger outbursts? And being okay with taking that inner examination and in the process dealing with those emotional wellness and that mental health issues, instead of suffocating it, instead of saying that I'm a power through, because I know as women, we do so many different things. And in those things that we do, it's so easy to neglect ourselves and neglect the truth about ourselves because we'll get buried in our busyness and our lifestyles. And so with the word and with, you know, God working in my life gave me the opportunity to say, let's pause for a moment. Let's examine these issues and it's okay to do that. So spirituality and mental wellness for me, it was like, it was a no brainer to be able to put those elements together and to get to a place where I feel more whole. I feel more secure in who I am as a person. Got it. So as if the faith kind of gave you a framework, like a guidance to what is acceptable. And because let's say cussing out somebody is not, you really want to go find the root of why you feel that way, right? Versus just act out of impulse. Exactly. And not only act out of impulse, but just do things blindly. Like, oh, I read I shouldn't do this. So I'm going to force myself not be this way. But in the process of forcing yourself, you never did deal with those underlying issues. And so the Bible is like an eye opener, like, okay, you know, you're not supposed to behave this way. But then, you know, what are the next steps to get you to a place where you feel comfortable? And, and addressing those issues and you feel comfortable not projecting those things to other people. Definitely. And, you know, those in the Christian circles and those without, we've heard the saying, faith without works is death. So having faith and spirituality on its own without actually doing the action work, picking the steps is, in my term, as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty useless, like it's inefficient. 
Yeah, and I've done that because you will say, oh, well, I know this. And knowing you think is enough. So you're like, oh, I, I know I shouldn't do this. So, so tomorrow I know. But unless you put action behind it, tomorrow you're going to do the same thing. And the next day and the next day. So it does go beyond just knowing something. But as you stated, having the faith put into action. Nice. All right. We're going to switch up the conversation a little bit. So, so what really helps you invest in your heart? <laughs> Not being crazy. I don't know if you ever had those moments or those weeks where emotionally, sometimes you just feel emotional hijack. And sometimes in those experiences, everything that you think or do, you just get triggered and, and you get more excessive in your behavior. And I, I know for myself, what I've come to learn and come to terms with is that in those moments, Yes, I'm human and yes, they're still going to happen, but how can I take a step back and look at myself and, and look at the behavior and find the root of that behavior so that I can respond healthily and, and calmly and be able to be at peace with who I am as an individual. And so one of the things that I realized, the good and the bad of Khmer, God still loved. That week that things were just attacking me and, and I was trying really hard to respond in a righteous way regardless God still loves me and then those days where I'm doing really well and I'm smiling and I'm kicking around God still loves me having that understanding really does help me to be at that place where I pursue that peace of mind but more importantly that I receive that peace of mind from him because I'm being anchored in who he is anchor you know when the storm comes you can throw the anchor down and you ground it that's that's really good how has your perspective on faith and wellness changed over the past few decades from childhood to where you are right now well, I think it's actually the past two years because of COVID more than anything. And I think because of COVID, it forced us to realize that we as humans have other things to be a part of, to grow in, and that is in a level of mental health. Whereas before, I think before COVID, we were still really scared about talking about it, having the conversation, and, and also thinking that we were the only only ones. And I think now with COVID, in terms of even the, the news is different in terms of the papers that I read, they'll have articles in there in terms of addressing anxiety. They'll have articles in there in terms of addressing depression. And before that wasn't there. It, it was, again, something kind of hidden. So these past two years has been quite interesting seeing it blow up as it has. Initially, when we started a nonprofit three years, Years ago, we I considered ourselves pace setters because that was the first time someone said, okay, well, let's address our faith as well as spirituality. But now that I've been doing this for a while, there's so many other organizations doing it from the same place because they see that there's a need. Again, it wasn't like that, you know, three to four years ago, but where we are right now has definitely opened up our eyes to say, okay, let's have the conversation and not be timid about it. 
Yeah, you're really right. This um, pandemic, I choose to take the good that's come from it. And society is more aware of mental health. And you're right. It's it's a topic that businesses are thinking about their employees. It's been talked about more with parents and their kids and schools. So there definitely is a long way to go, um, but definitely it has started. And it's for us in this field to really push the message of mental health and why it is so important that you take care of it just like you should take care of your physical health and financial health. Yes, a lot of people in the mental health field where they discuss numerously that they're so busy because now they have so many new clients and they've been able to open up new practices because of the amount of people coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, this is what's going on with me and I need help. Definitely. Yeah, there's definitely be an explosion. There's wait lists for certain programs and providers are long. And they were interesting enough, well, they were long before, but it's definitely even longer. But it just shows that we there's a need. And I often say on this podcast, and I've said in other social media outlets, that as long as you have a brain in the mind, like a heart, you will have mental health challenge at some point. I know I have. I have a burnout. You know, I've had postpartum traumas with affected my moods and all kinds of things. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm a physician, a coach, I'm also a Christian, I'm also a woman, and many of things. My daughter, mother, wife. It's okay. We all do. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're institutionalized in, let's say, a psych work. No. But right. you have feelings. You respond to things. You have hormonal yeah. imbalances. Women who go under menopause. People who go through cancer treatments. You name it. Mm-hmm. People have lost a loved one. The adjustment piece causes grief and depression. It so does. We're, all, we're human. Yeah. And how you're voicing being human, one of the things that we all know about is that our bodies don't function the same throughout our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Something breaks, something something grows and is not supposed to be growing. And there's things that do to tend to our bodies, but it's interesting that we overlook that our mind is still part of our body. And that same level of care that we will take care of, do those things to make sure that I'm being healthy, that I'm eating right, or even, okay, I ate a whole bunch of junk today and now I feel sick. It's still part of your body. And and you realize that, but when we think about mental health, we don't have that same level of respect or the same level of concern. And because when you have that sick day from overeating, you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to have to have more control. And and that's the same thing with some of the items with our mental health. It's like there's certain things that we have to work through and identify so that we can be healthier the next day and the next day. But unfortunately, we've come in a society where we stigmatize ourselves for being human in that way. And it shouldn't be. It's part of our body. Yes, exactly. You know, I thought that came to mind. Just like our liver is an organ that detoxifies waste, our mm-hmm. mental health, our mind detoxifies all the stuff that comes to our life. So the more it's like garbage in, garbage out, like the brain, mental health only handles so much at one point. Exactly. And if it builds up and builds up and builds up, then that can lead to loss of functioning, changes of mood, behavior, thoughts. So everyone listening, this is so 
so important. It really is. And one thing I've found with the majority of mental health cases, there are practical steps one can take to improve the situation. But one of them involves acknowledging that there's a concern before it becomes a really big problem. Yeah, exactly. And then not only acknowledging, but taking the step to do something different. Oh, yeah, exactly. You have to act. Just like yeah. that face about works is like dead. It's useless as far as I'm concerned. You got to not just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. And sometimes when you walk, you trip up, but you got to get up and go on trying. Exactly. Not overnight. And it can be a struggle. Some people struggle more than others in certain areas. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's called life. We all have yeah. our own life. We all have our own story, our journey. Not the same. It's not linear. Right. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So now you mentioned uh, some of the trauma. Well, you endured a traumatic childhood, which led to your healing. Now you don't by any means have to get into major details, but what would you like to share to those who have gone through traumatic experience? Yeah, I think one of the things that I learned throughout my journey is not to ignore those experiences because when you do, you form a new identity around them. And so in my healing journey, I had to learn and comfort with taking off the layers and taking off that form behavior that was established because of the trauma. And a lot of that stemmed from as well, not putting merit in the trauma because I think as humans, we want to, I'm a survivor, that that mentality takes over. And then long-term, you start ignoring those elements. And then, you know, get years later, you're like, you know, why am I this way? Why am I, again, as I've talked about being angry and having those emotional bouts for weeks, it took a while to get to a place of saying, hey, something isn't completely right here. Let me go back and meet with someone who has the tools that can help me get through this part of what I experienced and to be okay with taking that journey and allowing someone to help me in that way. Because I know as well with trauma, one of the things that we do, or at least for myself, I become the individual who cannot ask for help. When I was younger, having those experiences and just learning how to get help, because Usually when you experience something traumatic, the first thing that happens is that you're not going to tell anyone. And in the process, you continue down this journey of a formed identity because you're living with that pain and you're living with that trauma. And so my first encouragement with anyone who's gone through something doesn't have to be childhood, but as in terms of a teenager or adolescent or an adult is when those traumatic events happen to not be a afraid to get help and get the right help of individuals who have the correct tools to kind of help guide and walk through those experiences. Again, in terms of my journey, the first step for me was being okay with asking for help and being okay with where I was in my life at that current time wasn't where I wanted to be long-term as a person. 
I love it. Yeah. Asking for help. And then you mentioned something really insightful. Like you don't want the trauma to redefine who you are because sometimes that trauma is like a, if you look at the timeline, that event happens and then our life trajectory changes to something that we really don't want, but it's because it's defined by those traumatic events. Exactly. And as you said that, one of the things that came to my mind, and correct me since you are a mental health person, but I remember when I was supporting a friend going through her addiction issues, I remember taking the her support group with her and the person stated that when you started taking drugs, that's where you left off emotionally. Yes, that's, and it happens in adulthood too. Like for individuals that have gone through trauma, if you take them back on the timeline, you'll, you'll see that's often where they ended up. So trauma happened in their childhood. Some of their responses are childlike. The insight is that of a child. So yeah. it is quite interesting. Or you might find that they speak like high-pitched, especially the women in that childlike voice. It's because mm-hmm. that is where they're frozen. That's actually quite common. Yeah. Yes. And I remember a friend of mine, because I was having this issue about my birthday, when I showed up for my birthday, and she was like, what, are you 10? And I was like, well, it's like those things is a reminder of, man, do I want to be 10 for the rest of my life? And so seeking that help will get you to a place where you're maturing it and beginning to redevelop and regrow in areas that you didn't have the opportunity to do. So because of that trauma, again, I, I think that really emphasizes the importance of getting help because, you know, there's things that I want to experience where I'm 20 and 30 and be able to have a mature mindset to enjoy the experience versus having those experiences with the mindset of someone is 10 and 12 and just super hyperactive, all those other things that come with being very young and immature in your thought process. So there is a lot of validity in terms of not being afraid to get that help and being okay with, I would like to mature beyond where I'm at right now as a person. Yeah, that is really, really important. I was just thinking, imagine an adult who had a traumatic experience, let's say as a 10-year-old, like you mentioned. Well, imagine arguing with a 10-year-old. How fruitful is that? Not very fruitful. Now, imagine that 10-year-old is now your partner, your significant other, your friend, your teacher. And you're like, why can't I get to know this person? Because they're acting like a 10-year-old in an adult body. And that, think about it. So when you think about that and you have people in your life who perhaps are a little challenging, perhaps give them a little bit of grace because if you get to know why their history, why they may behave that way and be able to connect with that, again, I'm kind of going off tangent, that inner child, that, that childlike state that they are in in that area of their life mm-hmm. and encourage them to get help because just because yeah. something happened doesn't mean we need to stay there. Yeah. And as you were saying that, one of the things that came to my mind is thinking of the loving, gentle parent working with a child. They're there to support them, to help talk them through their experiences, to kind of get them to a bigger and better understanding. And that's what one of the benefits of getting mental health and emotional health support is that they're that mother, that tenderness to get you to a place where you can address those issues 
issues and and feel supported in the midst of it. Definitely, they're there to help and address. And as you get stronger, so as you get stronger, then you can handle more of the tough love. That's kind of my thing. Like I'm part cheerleader, part coach, part moment. But there's yeah, there's, there's a balance. There's a balance. But there's why a balance. But yeah, they don't want you to be an enabler. Or exactly. Try not to be an enabler. Exactly. Yeah. It's like no, no, no. You can do this. You've established exactly. that. Exactly. This is on you. Got this. Exactly. Let's stand up and be strong in your standing. Exactly. Yeah. No. That's that's really good. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this conversation with trauma or um, just spirituality and wellness in general? I, I just will reiterate the truths that we talked about so far. And that is as we take this journey, and especially in the area of spirituality, to know that God loves us. And sometimes that the messages that we have in spirituality, we hear of the demanding, pointing the finger God, but that's not full picture of who he is. And that because of his love, we have tools and resources in his word to support us daily to keep us on our healing journeys. Second, to know to go get help. To not be afraid to have that conversation. Mental, your mental health, your brain is in your body just as much as you will go to the doctor. If you cut your finger, those are the same elements and motivation to go and think through your mental wellness and your emotional health. And third, to not be afraid to go beyond where you are right now. I know sometimes the thought of being different uh, because we know our familiarity. And so that keeps us trapped in that formed identity. But to understand that there's more for you and that there's a better life or enhanced life that you could be enjoying if you're willing to take that journey and put in those tools to heal and to grow and mature. I love it. Heal, grow, and mature. So how can our listeners get a hold of you if they'd like to work with you? Yes. As you said before, I also podcast as well with A Healing Peace. A Healing Peace is my handler. You can find me in Clubhouse. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. And of course, that long name that you said with the nonprofit, for sure, J Intel. You can also look us up in Facebook and online as well, jintel.org. And you can find programs that we do. We have online courses. We have workbooks. We do a lot of different things just to encourage, inspire that level of growth. And again, that security in God in the midst as well. Love it. Thank you so much. And um, listeners, feel free to like, comment, and leave a five-star review. This message has been a blessing to you. Again, this is Dr. Mitchell from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. See you later.